All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Three-game losing streak, rolling into Colorado to play the defending Stanley Cup champions. I'm sure everything will be just fine, right? Let's get into it with the lead. The lead is brought to you by Sports Closet. We are coming to you live from the Sports Closet studio. Check them out online, sportscloset.ca. Maybe you want to be like Jay and Rocket Klim Costin jersey. Sports Closet can hook you up. It is a Sherwood Ford Giant game day edition of the show. Happy Sunday, Oilers fans. We are streaming live on the Nation Network YouTube as well as on Facebook and Twitter. And the first comment of the day is going to the Canadad, who's saying a 6-4 win, which includes a power play goal and an empty netter. Yes, we'll be talking bets. We'll be talking about the big game today against the Colorado Avalanche. We'll also look back at that game against the New York Rangers and just exactly what the hell went wrong on Friday night. Also, some trade talk as well. There is a lot to get to today on the show. There was also a trade today in the NHL, another trade over the weekend on Friday night. It's loaded up. So get active in the Nation Network YouTube chat and hammer that like button. It is a short for Giant Game Day, which means both Jay and Liam are around for the ride. And boys, let's uh, go back to the game on Friday night against, oh, Jay's enjoying a nice coffee on a Sunday morning. Seems very relaxing. Got the Clem Costin jersey oh, hung up. Oilers one. Um, Jay, what did you make of that loss on Friday? Frustrating? I feel like it's like this weird karma from like, last time the Rangers were in Edmonton and it's just like the balancing out of um, 
the hockey ecosystem when it comes to, or the hockey juju. But nonetheless, disappointed that we blew a 4-1 lead uh, and just let them back in it in the third. And then the fact that we can't figure it out in overtime again, and then in the shootout again, like some point the math is going to be on our side. And then also Leon Dreisaitl, what, like, why are you going full Danny Healy all-star mode on the breakaway, especially when Shesterkin's like 10 feet outside of his net? What did you see? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm growing a little bit frustrated with big number 29 as of late. And that game was another example of it. Uh, Liam, what did you make of the Oilers blowing another lead on home ice? This team is just, I don't know, because. During the losing skid in December and early January, this was an issue, right? Blowing leads to the Kraken and the Canucks. Yeah, I thought we were kind of past that point of the season. Yep. The team had matured a little bit more where we weren't going to blow those leads. Like, you're going to blow leads every now and then, but when you're supposed to be a, a Stanley Cup contender, you can't be blowing 4-1 leads at home. The I agree. Like, the overtime and shootout stuff, like, I can forgive a shootout loss. Like, it's kind of, is what it is. It's just a skills competition. Yep. But the overtime, like... I just don't understand how this team can't get it done at that point anymore. But to be fair, it shouldn't have even got to that point. This game should have been over in 60 minutes. You really should have been out on Saturday, Friday night, doing whatever they're going to do, celebrating a win. But instead, we're here talking about a 4-1 blown lead and how they're now going to beat the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche. Yep, that's a good point. Uh, Electronic Jordan's in the chat and it's his birthday. So happy birthday birthday. to Electronic Jordan. Diehard listener of the show. Uh, original Puzar is in with his thoughts on the game. He says the Rangers game came with some bad breaks. One first goal on a phantom power play call. Yeah. Second goal on a bad break. Um, not the Barry bounce and the fourth goal on a five on three due to a mech call on Yanmark over the glass. Like okay, the phantom power play goal call on the first one. The the ticky tack call on Trocheck in front of the net when he just kind of like swiped at Campbell's stick. I don't know. I, I felt like that was a little bit weird. Like the stick was right in front of him. He's clearing it out, but it is a penalty. So I have a hard time like even complaining about the Yanmark call because I think the Yanmark call, I hate that application of the puck over glass rule. If you whack the puck out of the air, you are clearly not intentionally trying to flip it over the glass to get a break. You're just trying to break up a pass, make a play. I don't like when they call that. The rule should be you have to shoot it out, not just randomly flip it off your stick. Like it's just dumb. And it ended up costing the Oilers, but that first call on Trocek is a big reason why they had a lead anyways to begin with. So that that was a little bit frustrating. To me, it's it's another big thing that they just, it's not even like they're just average in overtime now. Like they are actively bad when the game goes past 60 minutes. And I think it's going to need like a strategy adjustment here. I'm with our guy, Brad Bay, who's been in the chat a lot over the last couple of days, kind of saying like, time to stop playing McDavid and Drysaddle together. It's probably time to stop putting Leon Drysaddle in the shootout if he doesn't want to, I don't know, I don't want to say not put in any effort, but like really that's what you're going to do when the game's kind of on the line. You're going to walk in and take a slap shot. Like, I don't know. Really frustrating to watch this team in overtime. I I don't mind for the first minute of overtime to go McDavid dry, but like to keep them on the ice together for two minutes, like, like start like that's poor. I think, sure. Let's try to wrap this up in 60 seconds, get them out there. And if they can't create anything, get one off, get, and then, and then start doing the stagger with them. And then if they're rested and there's a minute left, bring them both on again as the nuclear deterrent to try to sew it up. Like I don't disagree with the logic, but it's just how we deploy it. And for how long, yeah. 
I, th- I think that's my thing for it too is I think you have to put Drysaddle and McDavid out there because they they do give you the best chance to win statistically. They're the two high scorers on the team. So why wouldn't you put them out there? But maybe it's just a different way to deploy it. Like maybe you start Drysaddle with Hyman or something and then somehow get like that lacrosse change and get McDavid out there. There's got to be like creative ways to get this team to grab a goal in overtime now. And for the shootout, like I thought it was really weird that Wardcroft went to the same three shooters that happened against Detroit when you didn't win the game. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems odd, especially the well. But Liam, Liam, Liam. and this is like this is a knock, but not really knock. But like, who do we have that's got like shootout skills on the team? Like uh, when I was thinking, about, like who should they put up next? I'm like, who should they put out next? Kane. Uh, I think well, you go with yeah, Kane. Kane. You don't think he's still struggling right now, like getting getting used to his his new hand in terms of how it feels. Like he's fighting the puck a little bit. Do you? I guess it was coming and shoot, but like then the goalie knows that. That's what Dry said all day. He just came and shot. Oh, Maybe yeah, that was just, like I, I, I agree though. Anyways, like I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not wrong in the sense of like who do you kind of put in there next, but maybe. I think we said it on another show. You put in a guy who has no pressure on him. Like, throw Ryan McLeod in there. He's just going to skate as fast as he can and try and deke out the goalie with something quick and, like, something maybe unexpected that the goalie hasn't seen before. And maybe that's what they need to do. But, like I said, hopefully they can just start getting games done in 60 minutes and we can just move away from the shootout. Yeah. Um, when they were up 4-1, I certainly wasn't sitting there thinking, ah, they'll probably need the shootout to get the job done tonight. It'd be nice if they could just hold on and get the victory uh, oh. taken taking a look at what's going on in the YouTube chat. Cody says, why go with Barry in the shootout? I mean, I think we just kind of did that exercise. Quaddy says, use McLeod. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of guys who are probably good at it, but I think the point kind of stands that McDavid, Nuge, and then who? Because no one else has really been that great in that spot. Uh, It is a big game coming up today against the Colorado Avalanches. The Oilers are trying to snap out of a three-game losing skid. Uh, The good news is the Avs played yesterday. Bad news is they're four and two this season. Yeah, but they're four and two this season when they play in the second half of back to back. So yeah, but this one, what time? What time did they play yesterday in St. Louis? Do we know the game time? I think it was an afternoon game. I I know there's probably some NHLPA rule with the time between games, but like the fact that they were in St. Louis yesterday and have to play uh, an afternoon game in Colorado. You know, it's it's not like it's a you know thirty minute flight. It's probably a couple hour flight. Like I don't know. I just uh, we can talk about it later. Yeah, another thing that's worth keeping an eye on for this game is uh, that Kale McCarr. It was his first game back yesterday since uh, his concussion, if you want to call it that. I don't know if they officially called it a concussion, um, but then he got hit really hard and left the game again. So the Avs might be without Kale McCarr. They're already without Gabriel Landeskog. Um, so maybe they're a little bit banged up, but still, it's a it's a really good hockey team in Colorado. So uh, we'll see. They also started Justice Anunin yesterday between the pipes. So I believe they're saving Alexander Gorgiev for today's game, the tougher game against the Edmonton Oilers. So it'll still be a really hard game, even though the Avs played yesterday, even though they're banged up. The other bad news is that Everyone in front of the Oilers has decided to start winning again, right as Edmonton starts to lose. The Golden Knights are on a five-game heater. The Kings are on a four-game heater. Seattle's won two in a row as well. So at least the Oilers are getting points. Like I think it still is like, what, 12 of their last 13 games, they've picked up a point, which is good. That's keeping you in the fight. But when every team in front of you is just rattling off dubs left, right, and center, that's also not great. 
Yeah, they're heating up too, right? All, all the teams are starting to heat up around us. We had our heater made some great strides and climbed the ladder. And now, you know, we've taken a step back and they're not slowing down right now. Uh, so we have to, you know, it's, it's okay to go on a bit of a slide as long as we bounce back. Yeah, you can see the side-by-side comp here for the Oilers and Avs this season. They've been struggling to score on the year as a whole. A big reason why they were missing McKinnon for a stretch. They haven't had Landeskog all year, and now they could be without Kale McCarr for a little bit longer as well. Their penalty kill has struggled this year, just like the Oilers has as well. And the Oilers' PK, I mean, that was my short four giant key to victory against the Rangers, was stay out of the box. Don't give them looks with the man advantage, and... Sure enough, the Oilers gave them plenty of looks with the man advantage and gave up two goals on four PK attempts. Uh, The rest of the week for the Edmonton Oilers, it is a very weird schedule for Edmonton because they're in Colorado today. They got to fly home and play Philly on Tuesday. Then they have to go on the road to play Pittsburgh and Columbus to finish off the week. So even though there's games against Philly, who has beaten you recently, and Columbus, two softer spots, they come with like a ton of travel around them. So... I mean, it's big. I said this before the game against Detroit. It was like, hey, if the Oilers don't beat the Wings, like this has a chance to turn into a bit of an ugly slide. And I would say it's already there with three losses in a row, but you definitely don't want that skid to extend to four games at all. Um, Taking a peek. What do we got going on in the chat? Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's talk some trade. Tyler Mott going to uh, the New York Rangers today. Second straight deadline where the Rangers have acquired Tyler Mott. $1.35 million against the cap. They gave up Julian Gauthier and a seventh round pick yeah. to get him. Um, that's a guy I tweeted it this morning. Like if the Sens would have kept 50%, I would have given up like a fifth rounder for him. At the end of the day, he has three goals on the season. He hasn't been that good. His analytics aren't that great either. Um, but... It was your Eric Carlson, Tyler. Pardon? It was your Eric Carlson. (laughs) Uh, Well, some I tweeted. So I tweeted. I was like, oh, like I'd be down for Tyler Mott, 50% retained for a late round pick because at 1.3 million against the cap, if they were to keep half of it, he'd be below league minimum, right? So he's actually like a really nice cap asset to have if you could have got the sends to keep 50%. And someone tweeted me and was like, oh, he sucks. Why would you want him? Or like, why would you want mediocre players? And I was like, well, because you can't just go into the deadline being like, only acquire superstars. Everyone else is a waste of time. Like, 
there is something to be said about the Oilers getting guys who can kill penalties, hurt them against the Rangers, and get players who play solid defensively or tough to play against in your bottom six. I don't know. I, he would have yeah, been a I fine target. With that. What do you think of the acquisition cost of O'Reilly and Achari? Yeah, so let's talk about that because mm. we haven't had a show since that big move happened on Friday night. A first, a second, a third, and a fourth for Ryan O'Reilly, who got retained twice thanks to the Minnesota Wild, and Noel Achari. So, I again, some I saw someone tweet this, and they were like, if the Leafs can go get O'Reilly, why can't the Oilers go get Eric Carlson? And it's like, well, <laughs> those are not even close to the same situation at all because, again, you can use the Minnesota Wild to retain O'Reilly down to a reasonable cap hit, and he's a rental. He's off your books at the end of the year, or you can look to resign him, whatever. It's a lot to give up. This probably tells you what the Blackhawks are going to want for Patrick Kane. Maybe it's even a Patrick Kane-Sam Lafferty combo, but if you want to get Patrick Kane and you want him retained down, it's probably going to cost you a first, a second, and a fourth round pick. Is, is that worth Because it? the real dollars isn't that much. The Wild paid a fourth round pick to eat $78,000 of O'Reilly's contract. Yeah, that's wild, actually. Yeah, that's good wild. business by the Wild. Like, that's that's a weird precedent. So that should be a six-rounder. That goes against yeah. the matrix that Frank had for us. Yeah, it does kind of go against that a little bit. It's a bit of an overpay, I guess you could say, in the grand scheme of it. But it may, that probably illustrates what the market's like. I'm sure they well, called yeah, other the value teams. value $78,000 in terms of a team that's spending to the cap. So, like, yeah, yeah. Tyler, it, it's not apples to oranges. But it's – or sorry, apples to apples. But – you know, I wouldn't say it's apples to oranges either. It's probably apples to like a pear, something in the same family. So I still think, you know, that idea and spirit of being creative can still be done for Eric Carlson. Well, no, not really, because he has four more years left on his deal and teams aren't going to retain for four years on a player just for the sake of doing it. But it's comparable to Patrick oh, Kane. No, I think. No, no, no. Let's, let's unpack that. You've got a team like Arizona that isn't going to be a star in four years. So they could eat it provided you're giving them a first round and a prospect and the acquisition cost from uh, San Jose, maybe they only eat 10, 10 to 20%, which is their initial uh, ask. And then you get another team for five years for four years to eat half, but you, that's the team that gets paid. And then you liberate that contract from San Jose for a first rounder, as opposed to, all the picks they're asking for, for less retained. We just want Eric Carlson at 7 million. That's the goal, right? Six and a half, seven. I sure. Right. So wouldn't, so would, would San Jose entertain, you know, a first and a second or something to, to eat 10, 15% and have Carlson off the books and then have another team wash it through. That's going through a rebuild that could take four years that might not still see need that salary cap. They need, you know, prospect depth. So giving them a good prospect and then giving them a first rounder. So you would give up the first in Borgo to Arizona to have them keep two and a half mil for the next four seasons. And then you'd give up a first Barry and Bouchard to San Jose to get Carl. No, no, no. It changes the acquisition costs from San Jose. You're not getting them to eat as much. I just, again, you're getting I, them to I, eat less. You're getting them to eat less. And then you're, you're paying the, the, the team that's actually eating the bigger chunk what they need because they can operate within a four-year window of eating that salary because they're a team they're going to be spending to the floor. They're going to be doing prospect development. Uh, you know, they're acquiring assets. Like they're planning to be good in five years or in four years. 
It's possible. I just, I just don't think a team's going to step up and be like, yeah, sure. We'll pay $10 million for a late first round pick and a prospect. That's just so much to have to give up in this whole thing. Um, I think it's more comparable to Patrick Kane, like I said. So would you give up, Liam, if the cost at the deadline for Kane is a first, a second, and a fourth, would you do it? And do I get Lafferty as well? If you throw in a third, you get Lafferty. So you can go first, second, third, fourth. You get Kane and Lafferty. Um, different. I think. I think it's different because I think. Sorry to jump in. Like good. Kane, Kane holds all the cards. Yeah, sure. Oh, you just like trade me to Edmonton. I've talked to Duncan Keith. I can stay in his place. He's stocked his fridge full of beer for me. I am coming to Edmonton. So get the deal done. I don't think I would give up a first for Patrick Kane. To be honest. I don't know if I would. I think I would rather... I don't know. It's hard to say. I think the Patrick Kane deal is more comparable to the what Tarasenko went for than maybe the O'Reilly deal. Um, I don't know, but O'Reilly's been kind of weird this season with his injuries, right? So maybe the similar yeah. there. But I think the big thing in all of this is the Leafs didn't give up any top prospects to go and get Ryan O'Reilly. They had to obviously give up the picks, but there was nobody with big, like, no ball go equivalent that they gave away to go and get a Ryan O'Reilly, which made them better. And Nola Chari, too, both very good players that are going to make them a better hockey team, quite frankly. So I think when we all throw out these trade proposals, I think the Carlson one's a little bit different because of how big it needs to be. But, like, yeah. the Oilers don't need to go and give up a Schaefer, a Borgo, or whoever that may be, right? I think there's other players in there that are more suitable for trades, I guess you could say. But no, to answer your question, I wouldn't give up a first round okay If it's in a package with Lafferty, because you're getting a player that stays with you, so you kind of bump it up, and then it kind of like reduces maybe the, the the Lafferty portion of the acquisition. Like maybe that's where you deploy it first, if it's a Kane-Lafferty situation. Maybe, yeah, I guess. I guess that's, if it's both of them, it probably equivalates to more of that. But I don't know if I would give up a first and a second end a third or whatever it was. I feel like that's just a massive acquisition cost. What would you do it for O'Reilly and Achari? Um, is Achari better than Lafferty? No. No? He's a center, maybe. so like... Well, like would, you he's do, a, would you do what the, the, what the Leafs just did with, at that price? I, I think I would have paid that for those two. I don't think the Oilers would have had much of a need for both O'Reilly and Achari, but if it was O'Reilly and Barbashev, I 100% would have done that. And yeah, I probably would have given it's it's wild well, to think, think about that. that. Imagine we would have done that because like that was the acquisition cost. So then what is O'Reilly? He he then becomes your second line center, mm-hmm. and then you can push dry to the first line wing or second line wing. I actually yeah. I I might agree. I think I might do what the Leafs just did for O'Reilly, just because of the way it slots into the Oilers lineup way better. Like the Oilers don't need Patrick Kane, really, right? Like he makes He's them better, obviously. Yeah, and it makes them way better, but O'Reilly, I think, does take them to that next level of of team, like put them in the upper echelon, I guess you could say, and it just balances everything out. You're able to move dry saddle around a little bit more. So yeah, I think I would have given up that, what the Leafs did, especially with we, the prospects they gave up. Yeah, and we still have some equity to go shop around and get a defenseman. So like, mm-hmm. I guess like, once again, like we can, like, I'm, like I said, I'm excited about Carlson, but like, I know it's a long shot. And so if there's actual deals to be had that are realistic, like how come we're not in the conversation? Like the Leafs just pulled it off, right? I, I am getting a little, I don't know, not frustrated with Holland, but he's like, okay, when are you, when are you pulling the trigger here? 
because maybe it's just because of all this stuff with the, yeah, the, but cap the assets are going out the door. Them. All the top tier assets are slowly coming off the market, right? You were a big Achari guy, gone. Yeah, I like Achari. He would have been O'Reilly's the exact type of person we need. But then when I brought up Achari last week, you just yelled at me and were like, no, focus on Carlson. So what if what if Holland's focusing on Carlson and now he's losing yeah, out on I all said, these other I assets? Said you wanted Achari, but I'd take Achari in a package deal with Ryan O'Reilly 100%. I do agree we need depth on the bottom six, but I want to be big whale hunting right now because we need like massive improvement in some areas. And that's what Carlson is versus Achari. Achari's complimentary. You got your big whale with O'Reilly. You get a nice complimentary piece to, to give you some bottom six depth with Achari. Like, that's a great trade. Now, Dubas is looking like a fucking genius, and that drives me nuts. I, I'm going to push back a little because I saw a lot of people being like, Dubas is like, what a move, what a genius. He did sacrifice their entire draft but, class. But, 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 but the time pieces. is now. Everyone forgets yeah. that the time is now. Their time is now. If they if they can't get past the first round right now, yeah. then... Matthews is gone. Like it, it, then you have to blow it up. So like they have to do these things. I know they have four, to. And they just added to it and guarantee you. And this is a different scenario for O'Reilly was here versus in Toronto. He's an Ontario kid, you know, probably, probably has that photo just like Tavares and the Leafs blanket. So yeah. like probably willing to stay after this. Like it, it, it is potentially a pure rental, but like guys made a shit ton of money. If they win this year or go really deep, like he might sign a hometown discount. That happens. We saw right? it. With and so if that happens, then who cares who you're drafting this year? Your core just like expanded is even much stronger. So like I hate to sit here and applaud the Leafs, but like they're 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 adding the pieces they need to go on a run, and we're just sitting here watching it all happen. But my point is, I did like it's not like Kyle Dubas robbed him blind. He gave like mm-hmm. it's a good it's deal. I, I I applaud the deal. You're right. Hundred percent. It's hundred percent what they need to do. But he gave up his entire draft class to do it. Like it's not like he. Okay, but let me finish my point before you cut me off. It's not like he pulled the wool over Doug Armstrong's eyes and robbed him and got O'Reilly for it. Like he gave up a ton to do it. And yes, that's good. That's what the Leafs should do. But everyone being like, "What? It's doing business. That's doing business." Yeah, hundred percent. But I'm just saying it's it's not like it's some wizardry move that he did. Like. He gave up a time. I'm not saying he's a wizard, but he has the fucking stones to go and do it. Real like, oh my god! Like I'm, I've got this team that's got like we're 90 percent there, and now I'm going to go get the pieces to make us like 98 to 100 percent there. Like that's just like doing it, pushing it all in. That's what we've been saying for two years. We have a window right now. We don't do it. We're going to have a whole like we're going to have to think about blowing it up. But I don't want to think about that. So we have to start doing these things. So who cares about the future if we don't have the same core in that future? We're talking about rebuilding a new new core in that future, which we want to avoid entirely. So that's why I'm saying he just did it. He pulled the trigger. He looked at his roster. He made a deal. You're happy with the deal in terms of the acquisition costs. So, like, how come we're not in the mix? These big, these these key pieces are moving around, and we're just sitting here watching. And all we hear is that we're talking to San Jose about Eric Carlson. Like, that's all we hear about. And that, what, we might extend Pooley-Arvey now. Like, we look so dumb right now. There's still like 12 days until the deadline. It's way yeah, too early who, to be like, who's out there? Who's needle movers? The needle movers are slowly going off the market. We need Meyer, Chikrin. There's still well, now, eight well, of Frank's top 10. So, okay. So, Timo Meyer, can we get Timo Meyer? Probably not getting Timo Meyer. Well, it's exactly. We're not in a position to take Timo Meyer unless it's a pure rental situation. That's the one thing that's interesting about Carlson is that he stays. 
He does, but I just don't. Yeah. They could still go out there and get Kane, Barbashev, and Shane Goss to spare and get three good pieces before the deadline. I'm just saying it's way too early to be like What's hitting Goss the panic. There's another Tyson Berry. We don't need another Tyson Berry. Okay. Well, we don't. <laughs> He's a puck mover. They want a puck mover. Well, that's a shame because that's what Darnell North is supposed to be. That is what that's what Tyson Berry is supposed to be and kind of Bouchard or or Bouchard is supposed to be our first pass guy. And we're still hunting. Doesn't mean you can't look to add more puck movers just because you have a bunch. Uh, agreed. Provided because, but if you're going, if you're going like the Barry esque level, like we like, if if you're not going super in the deep end of Eric Carlson, then the defenseman you acquire better be actually a good defenseman. And Goss's Barry is not that. Or even or weaker defensively if you bring him on, right? Yeah. Probably. Well, like I, I like I, I, I don't mind the idea of Goss's Barry, but that means you got to let like Barry or Bouchard or they're gone in some other transaction. But I think we want Barry. Room likes Barry. Contract's good. He's you know de- like he's he's having like a def- like for him defensively a, a a good season. Like he's we can't have all of them. We can't have Bouchard, Barry, and Goss's Barry all in our defensive lineup. If you want to like adding Carlson is adding another puck mover as well. So yeah, yeah, but it's a puck mover who can like outskate his mistakes. He's a Scott Niedermeyer. Yeah. Right. Then that's the difference, right? We're like, like a goss, like those guys can't like, that's like, I'm saying like, you got to go like that far end. If you're going to go puck moving, like f- offensive focus guy, a guy that can beat the rush back and defend to some degree. Like his skating is such a strong suit. And he's moving. He's moving these days. But like, I'm willing to move off of it. But like, what else are we doing? Like, we're just letting like, if we if we pulled the O'Reilly Achari trade, I'd be I would be running up and down Jasper Ave, probably topless, like with <laughs> excitement. Like, that's an awesome move. That is that that is that is a roster like like you're bringing in amazing leadership, an amazing guy, and then some more depth, and and someone who can also play in key moments and also be like a, a rock star center, like. I just, I just feel like we're sitting, sitting on our hands. All right. We're going to table the trade talk here and get back into the Sherwood Ford giant game day side of things for Sherwood Ford and their fantastic Ford service department. Just a few clicks away. Shortford.ca more info in the description of today's episode. Aaron, could you flash up the Oilers lines for me? Because we have some news on the way things could look tonight. So you're looking at this right now. No clean cost. And he did not make the trip with the Oilers. Devin Shore has been recalled. As you know, the Oilers are running a lineup or a roster that is only 20 players. The downside of that is when you find out late that a player won't play, you got to play shorthanded. And the Oilers just announced that Evander Kane will not be playing tonight. He is day-to-day with an upper body injury. So you're looking at how the Oilers lined up against the Rangers here. You can take out Evander Kane. You can swap in Devin Shore. And it sounds like unless Vinny DeHarnay made the trip and is eligible to be like emergency recalled. Um, yeah, no, no Klim Costin, no Evander Kane. Devin Shore is there. Oilers are playing shorthanded 11-6-2 again tonight. So take oh, this boy. lineup in front of you, swap Kane for Shore, and that's how the Oilers are lining up against the Avs. That is not ideal. Some might call it an upgrade. Not many. Yeah. But I think for this... It's very alarming. This was kind of the whole worry, I guess, when people, when we didn't have any more money left, like 
does this not kind of say like maybe it is a good idea for the Oilers to move out one of those three million dollar guys just so you could have a little bit more on the roster too? Like you don't want to get into these situations. We saw it with Vegas last season where they were tight some games, right? Some guys yep. they were way shorter than they think even one less skaters. So you don't want to get into that situation every night. I understand this probably that bug is going around the dressing room right now. So clearly that's it. But it's tough going into Colorado with a full healthier lineup, never mind one less player, especially when it's Evander Kane and also Clem Costin, two guys who have brought a ton of character into this team over the last month and a half or so, however long it's been for both of them been in there. But yeah, it's going to be uh, just a little bit more difficult tonight. Aaron, give me the Colorado Avalanche and their lines for tonight because we have some news on the Avs as well. Uh, this is how their forward lineup looks. I expect that to stay the same as they take to the ice for warm up. But Kale McCarr not on the ice for Colorado. So that is an Avs blue line that is very banged up right now. As you can see, no Kale McCarr means they're going to have to slide someone up. And McCarr being added to a list that includes Eric Johnson and Josh Manson, so they're missing, and Bowen, oh no, Bowen Byram's back, but still, with McCarr, Manson, Johnson, they're missing half their blue line tonight, so that's maybe an area you can look to take advantage of them. Uh, Alexander Gorgiev is going to get the start between the pipes for the Abs in this hockey game as well. Uh, Gorgiev, in his last five games, has allowed 15 goals against. So he's basically averaging three goals against a game. Jack Campbell is going to get the start for the Edmonton Oilers. And honestly, I, I'm not sure if I'm 100% Skinner's sold sick. on this one. Pardon? Is Skinner sick? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, there was the thing where he wasn't on the bench for last game or whatever, right? Was he really? Matt, yeah, I saw something about that, that Matt Berlin like came and swapped him out. Um, but Campbell's back-to-back games with four goals against for Jack Campbell, back-to-back losses for Jack Campbell. I, I would have been looking to get Stuart Skinner a start here, but maybe there is something to the fact that Skinner's just not 100% healthy. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Oh, this is... <laughs> I am regretting making my bets at 9 a.m. with all this news that we're hearing. <laughs> yeah. Prepare to be 0-6. Yeah. Let's uh, get to our Betway game day bets here and flash those up. Uh, once again, the Oilers lost, so none of us nailed our bets last game at all. I was a oh, shot from Connor McDavid. I, I hit everything for plus 400. Okay, I, actually, right. I have an argument to make. Okay. Are we counting early payouts? What? Because if that's the case, then we all would have won. No? Well, but did you hit early payout? No. I think I did. It was three th- when you it, have a three-goal lead. I wasn't. Yeah, you know what? I could have done. I think I could have done it for five dollars less than the total. And I said, "Screw it, I'm riding." <laughs> May as well. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Let's flash up our picks here, Aaron. We'll discuss these. Um, I'm going to go just nice and simple. Zach Hyman over three and a half shots. I like this bet honestly even more now that Evander Kane's out of the lineup because I think that's just. More ice time with the big guns for Zach Hyman. He's uh, not been hitting this a lot. Back-to-back games where he missed, but he doesn't go three games in a row without hitting this very often. So I like going with Zach Hyman over three and a half shots at a nice, clean, even money. Liam, what do you like? Uh, Over six and a half goals, which is, I think it'll just be a high-scoring game today because the Oilers are playing. That's what happens every time they play. And then if, I like you just said, like the Hyman thing kind of works, they'll get more ice time and they'll lead on the big guns. And, I think that kind of benefits Drysad a little bit more too, yeah. where, you know, Kane's out. He's going to be locked upon to score. 
a couple more points. So I'll go over six and a half goals and Neon Leon to grab a couple and more. Jay? Well, you know what? Despite all this adversity, this is just one of those weird games that the Oilers are just going to win just because that's what the Oilers do. So Colorado played in St. Louis yesterday. I just found out half the Oilers lineup is out, but you know, still this is one of those situations where they're probably still going to win and it's going to come off the back of McDavid and me and Chalmers are now team decimal. So Mm -hmm. I'm two, two seventy five to one, 2.75 to one or $2 and 75 cents is my Aussie friends like to say when they're quoting decimal odds. So I need to win. And it, it's all off the back of me trying to manifest an Oilers victory. The reason I'm on six is all coupled with the fact that I want the Oilers to win. Yeah, we picked a bad time for you. At least. They're just going to win and we're going to be like, oh, God, yeah, of course. Like, because we, we don't think we're going to do it because the lineup's been decimated. We're dressing seven guys. But, you know, sometimes in men's league, Tyler, when you're the short bench team, it just keeps you tighter, keeps you together, mm-hmm. keeps you moving, right? It can be a momentum thing. So, Let's go with the short bench. Uh, Davin was in the chat and said, you guys need to do a watch party. Well, if you head to nationgear.ca, the first thing you see when you go to nationgear.ca is our birthday parties coming up. It's our 15th anniversary party at the pint downtown. You can get your tickets now, nationgear.ca, $20 and seven cents with all of it going, or sorry, it's in support of free play for kids, that ticket gets you into the pint for our watch party. It gets you a swag bag as well and some other fun surprises. So it's going to be a lot of fun a down at the pint. March drink. 18th. What? A pre-purchased drink with your ticket as well? Mm, there you go. The, get the momentum there you go. going for a night of celebration. And the Germans Nation, will be there. It's exciting. Nationgear.ca is where you can get your tickets to our 15th birthday bash at the pint downtown uh shout out to our friends at betway again 19 plus please play responsibly the oilers for whatever reason come into this hockey game as favorites the sports books don't want to give us any sort of juice betting on the edmonton oilers but we'll see if they can get it done edmonton has their big guns colorado's missing again kale mccarr josh manson eric johnson gabriel landisgog like the injuries have piled up a little bit here for the abs but obviously they still have Nathan McKinnon, who has nine points in his last five games. They got Miko Rantanen. Um, a lot of good pieces on this Avalanche team. It's not going to be an easy out. Uh, Bob Stoffer's just passing along the actual lineup here for the Edmonton Oilers. Fogel with McDavid and Pugliarvi. Hyman with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. Yanmark with Nugent Hopkins and Derek Ryan. Shore with McLeod as the extras on the fourth line. Nurse with CeCe. Kulak with Barry. Broberg with Bouchard. Campbell starts between the pipes. I'm sure... That forward group's just going to get ripped around, though. I don't expect the Oilers to have one consistent line that plays a ton together tonight. Th- oh, wow. <laughs> that is comical, that first line. The uh, Maybe that's just a strength for them, though. The fact of like, hey, you don't know what's going to be coming over the boards next and all that kind of stuff, right? Like, could be anyone. I know Colorado. King goal. Call it. Anything, right now, Bison King first goal. Because why not? Why not? I mean, it's got the We're opportunity. Extending him anyways, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. that extension. That's a weird rumor. I, I, I kind of understand the logic of it, but like, I, I just too. don't like. That's all like, like <laughs> that's the only thing being linked to the Oilers right now is that we're gonna, thinking about extending Puliyarvi. It's like, what the hell is going on? Super weird. 
Oh, that's a great All first right. line. Uh, shout out to our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant as well. It's been another Sherwood Ford Giant game day edition of the show. That is going to be a wrap. Oilers, Avs, puck drop is under 30 minutes away. Enjoy the game, everybody. We'll be back again, same time, noon mountain, to break it all down tomorrow. Chat with you then. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.